it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Josh Shapiro and Tristan Maddie. What's up, guys? It's Tristan here, back for episode 81 of the Grounds Crew podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 6th, and it's just five more days till the Oakland Athletics report, till pitchers and catchers start to report, until we're putting this dreadful, boring offseason behind us. I mean, that's what I'm most excited for. Everybody's excited just to have baseball back, but this offseason has just been dead. I mean, we basically put baseball to rest for four months out of the year, just put it to bed. MLB is basically closed up for the winter, so that's what I'm excited to put behind us. Uh... Can't wait. There's still a lot of pieces left to fall, but spring training is upon us, and it's just a good good sign. Ready for spring. So today we got a little more behind the brand for you guys, nothing crazy, and then we got some more news from around the league. Again, nothing crazy. Like I said, it's been slow all offseason. We still have no news, no big news, definite news on the big free agents. Still, like, four of the top five guys that remain unsigned. And we're less than a week away. So, we'll give you what news we do have. And, yeah. Let's get into it. So, I know I mentioned it last week, but today's February 6th. Valentine's Day. February 14th. It's just about a week away, guys. If you still need to get your stuff, we have our Valentine's Day gift guide up on bl101.com. Make it easy for you. Alright? Guys, gals. We got it for both of you. Make it easy. We got stuff for the boys. We got stuff for the girls. So if you need something last minute and you don't know what to do, go check out our website. We got plenty of stuff. Plenty of suggestions. New stuff. It's all on the website. So you guys got a couple more days to get do that. Make sure it gets there before Valentine's Day. You don't want to be the guy or the girl that shows up to your significant other's house. And you got nothing for them. So... Check out the website. I'm sure you guys will like the stuff. Got some nice new chains, nice necklaces, and of course we got plenty of shirts. So check that out on bl101.com, the Valentine's Day gift guide. Make it nice and easy. And we'll get you on with your Valentine's Day. Now, like I said, we don't have anything huge coming to you guys. The big free agents are still out there. Less than a week until for spring training. And they're still out there for some reason. But there are rumors of another team making a late push for one of those guys. The San Francisco Giants are making a late play for the superstar Bryce Harper. The Giants are kind of in a position similar to the White Sox. They're an experienced young team, not ready, quite ready for playoffs. But it gives them a piece to build around. Bryce Harper, we've mentioned he's only 26 years old. He's a six-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, MVP. He got... Not even in his prime yet, and you could just put him in the middle of your lineup and build with all the young talent you have around him. You could sign some extra pieces and build around him. You have that centerpiece. So I could see where the Giants want him. They've had outfield problems for quite some time. It seems like the past few years we've always been saying the Giants, if they want to compete, they need to go out and get an outfielder. They got Andrew McCutcheon last year. Didn't quite work out. They got Evan Longoria last year. Didn't quite work out. So, 
it's time for the Giants to finally look at themselves and be like, hey, we need a fresh start. But I think Bryce Harper could work for them. I mean, you're getting a young guy, 26, and it doesn't completely change the face of the team. It improves the Giants, but it do- still doesn't make them like a playoff team. They still need to do make a lot more moves before they're a playoff team. So they give Bryce Harper a long-term deal. They can build around Bryce Harper and then turn themselves back into a competitor. I mean, in the early 2000s, we were seeing the Giants in the World Series every other year. So if they want to get back to that, I think Bryce Harper would be a significant step to that. That's not to say they have to go out and get him. They could just stick to the rebuild. They got some promising prospects. But if they could get Bryce Harper, one of the league's best players, on a nice, valuable deal, then why not? I mean... We're sitting here a week before spring training, and it sounds like Bryce Harper is not getting the money he's asking. Uh, he's asking for. So if the Giants can come in there and give him a better deal than some of the teams that are in play, then why not? This comes after Jim Bowden of the Athletic reported that there were mystery teams in addition to the teams that we've been talking to: the Phillies, the White Sox, the Padres, and the Nationals. So the Giants could very much be in play. The Giants could very well. It doesn't make sense. The Giants could very well come out and sign Bryce Harper. Who knows? Now, Aaron Judge on the Yankees has done his part to try and recruit Bryce Harper, to try and fuel the flames, if you will, kind of make people wonder if the Yankees are also one of those mystery teams. Because Judge made it public that he would love to have Harper on the team. He even said that he would move from right field to get Bryce Harper, to get him in the lineup, to get him comfortable in New York. He went on to say wherever he wants to play, wherever he wants to play, we'll make it work. So clearly Judge wants to Bryce Harper in New York. Clearly, if you could add an MVP to a lineup like that, the Yankees don't need him, but if you can add an MVP to the lineup like that, it just it makes it that much better. There's no holes in that lineup if you could get Bryce Harper, especially because the Yankees do need lefty bats. I mean, you look at that lineup, and it's almost all righties. You got Luke Voigt in there now, replacing Greg Bird, who's one of the lefties meant to switch it up. You got Didi Gregorius out for probably a good percentage of the season, at least 25% half of the season, with Tommy John surgery. And those are your two lefty, big lefty bats. Now you're there with Bryce Harper. I mean, sorry. John Carlos Stanton, righty. Aaron Judge, righty. You got Aaron Hicks. He's a switch hitter. But then you got Gary Sanchez. You got Gleyber Torres. McGill Andujar. All righties. Brett Gardner, if he stays in the left uh, left field spot, then you got a lefty there. But still, that's only a one lefty and a switcher that are and one guy that's concrete in that lineup. If Clint Frazier comes up and he's playing better than Bryce Hart, uh, Brett Gardner, which we'll talk about in a little bit, then you got one switch hitter and eight righties in that lineup. And I don't know if that really works. I mean, you definitely need some lefties in there to break it up. That being said. The Yankees aren't going to go out and sign Bryce Harper. We're just past that. They're so far beyond that. This is a new Yankees regime. They're not going out and signing the big free agents to massive contracts. They're being smart with their money. They're building from the ground up. They're using their talent in-house. So they didn't go out and sign Manny Machado when they probably could have offered him a better deal that he. it sounds like he'd been getting offered when he wanted to play in New York. They're not going to go out and sign Bryce Harper unless they really, really, really think they could get a bargain for him. But that's not going to happen. Somebody's going to give Bryce Harper a decent amount of money. And he'll sign sooner 
rather than later. I think it'll happen soon. But what we're seeing with Bryce Harper is something kind of similar to what happened to J.D. Martinez last year. J.D. Martinez, everybody thought he was going to sign with the Boston Red Sox, but there was going to be a market for him. He's going to get a lot of money. He played very well last year uh, going into free agency. He proved to be one of the league's best hitters. So everybody thought he'd get a good contract. He'd be one of the marquee free agents last year. And the money would go up. But free agency kind of changed last year. He was still linked to Boston, but he wasn't getting offered the money he wanted to. So he waited it out, still didn't get it, eventually signed with Boston on a three-year deal for probably two-thirds of the money he was expecting. And free agency kind of changed even more this year, and ESPN's Sam Miller published an article about it. It was a really interesting article about how these changes that we're seeing in free agency may further impact small market teams. What he kind of implied in this article was that the big market teams are kind of being more smart with the money. In the past, the big market teams would go out and sign a huge free agent for a ton of money and lock themselves down for a long time. Be locked into that contract for a long time, be paying that guy for a while, and kind of hold them back from more free agents or more moves. Give them less flexibility. And so that kind of opened it up for the smaller market teams to make moves to have more flexibility and even it up because there was less of a chance that they were going to sign those big free agents. So it kind of evened out. They had more flexibility. The bigger teams got the big free agents. Now it's turning into these big-name players are signing for less money. But... That's not to say that the small market teams have more of a chance because they are signing for less money that it opens it up to anybody to sign them. This article kind of said that, say Bryce Harper gets offered a $125 million contract from the Rays. And the Yankees don't really want to pay him a ton of money. But if the Yankees come out and offer him $126 million, He's going to sign with the Yankees just because it's a big market team and there's more of an opportunity to for branding, merchandising, all that. So it makes it even harder for small market teams to win because now the Yankees have that flexibility. So it's basically saying, essentially saying, that the big name players are signing with big market teams for less money, giving these teams even more flexibility and making it, it that much more difficult for smaller market teams to go out and win games to it allows for these big market teams to build super teams like now we got three teams the Houston Astros the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees who won 100 games last year now this is kind of looking what the league is turning into but hopefully free agency will change in the coming years and the MLB will be able to do something about this because it's not really great for the league but who knows? It's a really interesting article. If you guys want to check it out, it's up on ESPN's website. So maybe take a look. So we do have news about a signing, which it's less about the player, but it's more news about the team. The Houston Astros went out and signed pitcher Wade Miley to a one-year contract. Wade Miley, he's not the hugest name out there, the biggest name out there, but this is a big, pretty good move for one of the better teams in the league. I mean, the Houston Astros are already ready to compete for another World Series championship. They had some holes in that rotation, and now they go out and sign a good quality pitcher. So it's a good move for them. Wade Miley, he's a 32-year-old lefty. The two sides agreed to a $4.5 million deal over the weekend. And like I said, there were some question marks with the Houston Astros rotation behind Verlander and Garrett Cole. 
Now it looks like it's going to be a combination of Wade Miley, Colin McHugh, and Brad Peacock. So definitely still curious as to what they want to do with that because Colin McHugh, he's okay. He's nothing special. I don't know if it's really going to work down the stretch run. And Brad Peacock, he's been a reliever in the big leagues for most of his ten uh, tenure. But picking up Wade Miley is a nice little move for them. I mean, he pr pitched pretty well last season. He missed almost three months of the season, but in 16 starts for the Brewers, he had a career-best 2.57 ERA. And then in the playoffs, he allowed just two runs over 14 and two-thirds postseason innings. So that's a nice move for the Houston Astros. It's cheap. And they have a good history of working with pitchers and making them come back and pitch very well. I mean, Charlie Morton came to the Astros and really turned it up. Garrett Cole came to the Astros, improved significantly. Justin Verlander turned himself around. I mean, he was getting old, and now he comes to the Houston Astros and pitches just like he's 25 years old again. I mean, it's crazy. So that could happen with Wade Miley, and they have a solid 1-2-3 again, just like that. And just so you know, Dallas Keuchel is still out there. So the Houston Astros, if they see it possible to go out and get Dallas Keuchel, why not? The Astros haven't made any huge headlines, but they've put themselves in a nice position to try and take that championship back. Now, in the latest back and forth between the MLB and the MLBPA, there were three major proposals in regards to rule changes, and they all kind of revolved around pace of play initiatives. We know that's Rob Manfred's big thing to try and make the game a little bit quicker, try and get people to pay more attention and watch the game long. The first proposal was a three batter minimum for pitchers, and this came from the MLB. Right now, the minimum for a pitcher to face is one batter. So you could bring a guy in, pitch one batter, and then bring somebody else in. If he gets rocked, if that was just to let somebody else warm up more. Whatever strategy you were using, it it helped that you could only that you could let a guy pitch to just one batter. Now the MLB wants to make it a minimum of three, trying to make it faster, less pitching changes. Guys come in, they have to face three batters. So that if they get to the inning, then it's done. A guy doesn't have to come out, warm up, all that jazz. I think it does kind of make the game a little bit quicker nothing major but it would help a couple minutes maybe because it does take a couple minutes for the guy to run all the way in from the bullpen and the warm-up out there and all that but it does change the guy uh change the way you strategize i mean you can't bring in a guy for one matchup you can't bring in a guy to let another guy warm up it just changes the way you manage a bullpen so do i like it i don't know it's kind of eh now, the next thing, and this was proposed by the MLBPA, is a universal DH. It's something we've been talking about for a long time. Should the National League have a DH? Should it just be a universal DH around the league? Everybody uses DH instead of just the American League. And this comes down to kind of like a traditionalist view versus a new age view. Should the baseball stick to what it's been like uh, for a number of years? Or should baseball adopt a new policy that would kind of make the game more exciting? You know... The thinking here is that more balls would be put in play and create some more excitement. You know, the pitcher, a lot of times, is an automatic out. You come up, you strike out, you maybe put a sack bunt down, who knows, maybe make something happen uh, on a special occasion. But that's it. Change that around a little bit. Maybe some of these guys out there uh, are getting signed more to be a DH in the National League. Maybe it makes offensive numbers go up a little bit who knows but 
maybe it is time for the MLB to adopt that and create a little bit more offense instead of striking out every time and or walking or home run. So who knows? Maybe it'll happen. I don't. Uh, Bob Nightingale of USA Today kind of said that if if it does happen and he think it will happen eventually, he doesn't think it's going to happen until at least 2021. So we still got a while to go before that actually comes to fruition. And the last thing that the MLB proposed was a pitch clock. Rob Manfred has wanted this for a while. He wants there to be a 20-second pitch clock in between pitches, kind of make the pitchers select their pitches quicker and work quicker. We got some guys out there that take a long time to throw their next pitch. I don't know. So it's not really something new. It's something we discussed. We'll see if it happens. I don't know. Mixed feelings on it. And for our last story today, we want to cover Yankees prospect Clint Frazier. A New York Post article came out last week about Quinn Frazier detailing his scary journey back from a concussion. He essentially missed all of last year with it. Uh, After crashing into a wall during spring training, he had been experiencing these concussion symptoms all year. And it kind of shows that how scary concussions are. I mean, football players see them all the time. Sometimes they do happen in baseball. Justin Morneau, I know, suffered from a lot of concussions. But it's kind of scary stuff. Because it's not like Tommy John surgery. You don't know when you're going to be back. There's not a definite date. There's no diagnostic tool to tell you what the severity of a concussion is. So he was looking for a breakthrough all year that never came. He said he felt like he wasn't physically there at times. He said he would go on autopilot while he was driving and then look around and think, how did I get there? Couldn't remember his cat's name. It's all scary stuff. He also said we all play sports for memories, but what if you can't remember them? And he was experiencing this stuff for about a year. I mean, he was only green-lighted by doctors a couple weeks ago. Doctors said that he was suffering from a vestibular concussion, which is basically a cocktail of blurry vision, nausea, headaches, and that could be triggered by almost anything. It could be triggered by light, it could be triggered by just moving too fast, any kind of movement, or it could be even triggered by emotions. So there was nothing that he could just be sitting around and... Suffer these symptoms again. He said sleep was no help. It only made it worse. He would wake up and feel groggy and just feel it all over again. But he worked his way back. <clears throat> he got cleared by doctors. And now he's ready for spring training. He got down, down there early to show that he was serious about winning that left field job over Brett Gardner for the Yankees. And he's ready to finally take that last step into the big leagues. Because if you remember, Clint Frazier... He was kind of ready to make that jump. I mean, last year was a big season for him. He was going to come back, try and win his starting spot in the outfield. He had only seen stints in the big leagues. He was a top prospect a couple years ago. And then he got this and lost a year of his career. So hopefully Clint Frazier can come back strong, stronger than ever. He looks good in all the videos I've seen, but everybody looks good in those videos. You you guys know how it is. But it's a good story. I'm happy for Clint Frazier that he's coming back. He's a fellow redhead. And Brian Cashman still believes in that lightning fast bat speed. So there is some hope for Clint Frazier. I hope he could do it. It would be cool to see some young excitement in Yankee Stadium with that lineup that they have. So that's all we got for you guys today. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Peace out. right there was the grounds crew brought to you by baseball lifestyle